0: Hello, welcome to Bill Allen's Facebook Studies. We do this <clears throat> Bible study every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. It's live on my Facebook page at 3 p.m. After that, it's uh, seen on our West Irwin Church of Christ Facebook page and our West Irwin Live Facebook page. You can also see our, our, uh, uh, this study on our <clears throat> website, westirwin.com. That's Irwin, E-R-W-I-N and you're welcome to take a look at that, click on the, uh, scroll over to the connect tab and then scroll down to the live streaming page and find the video archive link. <coughs> Excuse me. And so uh, that'll get you there. Also, our Western when Live uh, uh, Facebook page also shows our uh, worship services on Sunday mornings. And so you can catch us there as well as at that live stream page on our website. So hopefully you can get us and find us if you wanna to try to catch up with some of these lessons then you can certainly find those on our westerwin.org <clears throat> uh, page under that video archive section. That's the best way to do it. Of course they stay on my Facebook page as well but you have to scroll through a bunch of pictures of grandkids and family members and uh, you know you get more acquainted with Bill's life which I'm not sure is <clears throat> necessarily a good thing. But um, uh, glad to have you with us today. We're looking at uh, My Utmost for His Highest on Tuesdays. That's a daily devotional guide written, uh, it's a classic written by Oswald Chambers uh, years ago. And, uh, and today's lesson is one of those that <clears throat> I think is more challenging than what I expected it to be. Um, and the idea is about interceding for others in prayer. That sounds like a really good thing, right? And it is. It's always good to pray for others, as I said on my Facebook page and on this description of this lesson. It's a wonderful blessing. It's a great privilege, and we all do it. For those that we love, we are glad to be in prayer uh, for them. Sometimes, though, uh, do you wonder what you should be praying for? And I think that's a A little bit better question than what you might have thought about it certainly was for me as I think about uh, loved ones family members even for ourselves when we're praying do we know what we should pray for because sometimes our agenda is different from God's and that's some of the thoughts that come are stimulated by these lessons uh, over these past several days From Oswald Chambers. He begins talking about intercession and then he'll talk a little bit about, we'll talk a little bit about judgment and of course God's love, the love of God is interwoven through all of this because like any other loving parent, uh, God doesn't answer yes to every one of our requests and that kind of that kind of honks us off a little bit sometimes. But when we trust in God, then we know that God's will is what is best for us, not necessarily what's best for us right now, not necessarily what's best for us from a physical perspective or even an emotional perspective, but what's best for us in the long term, and by long term, I don't mean all of our lives, although that's a part of it, but really all of our eternal lives, and not just for us, but for others too, God's concern is not just for us uh, being in heaven with Him for eternity, that's why He created us, but His concern is for everyone there. And so how my prayers are prayed and answered uh, has an impact on that. Uh, the movie Bruce Almighty uh, <laughs> is one that's really, really funny, and but it has some uh, interesting uh, depth to it when you think about uh, the lead character being made to to be God. Jim Carrey is that lead character, and Morgan Freeman is the one who plays God in the movie. And he gives him permission to go ahead and and answer all the prayers. And so he gets his computer out and he starts answering all the prayers with a yes, and it causes chaos in the world. Well we realize, we don't always think about it, but we understand that, that that's true. And so, as we pray our prayers, we know that they are. Uh, we, it's always nice to have that little caveat that says, not my will, but yours be done. That's what Jesus prayed in the garden and what we are taught to pray by him in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 and also in Luke when he says, as you're praying, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes I find myself praying, Father, may your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And I think that's a good prayer to pray. And I think sometimes it's good for us to pray that uh, about those that we're especially concerned about, including our loved ones. May your will be done in their lives as it is in heaven. And so it's good for us to tell God what we want. On Thursdays, we're reading through the Psalms, and uh, the psalmists are very honest strugglers with God. I mean, they will, they will lay it out there, and I think that's good for us to do too. But again, I think we do that, and then we pray, God, not my will but yours be done. May your will be done in my life and, and the life of those that I love uh, as it is in heaven. Um, Chambers starts out this little section of a few days of devotional readings uh, by talking about vicarious intercession. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I didn't know what that was. I guess I could divine it a few different ways if I uh, thought about it in a few different ways. But he starts out with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, and he reminds us that we have boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. And so that vicarious part comes in there, that it is only through the blood of Jesus that we actually have the opportunity to pray to begin with. He writes this, beware of thinking that intercession means bringing our own personal sympathies and concerns into the presence of God and then demanding that he do whatever we ask. (laughs) That's a bit arrogant, isn't it? And I, again, I think it's good for us to ask God for what we want, ask God for what we think is best, ask God for the, the burdens that we have to be uh, taken away. And the psalmists, again, do that all the time. But we also know that sometimes that may not be in God's will. And I, I don't understand that whole concept. I think there are, there are some things that happen in this life and in this world that are not necessarily God's will uh, but that he allows to happen. I believe my understanding of the sovereignty of God is that he could make anything happen he wants to happen or keep anything to, from happening that he, that he doesn't want to happen. But he has also created us with a free will. And he's put us in a world that uh, gives us that opportunity, which means that there are struggles and tragedies even in this world. And that's uh, not a direct result of anyone's sin. It's an indirect result of the sin of humanity. But because God allows us to make choices, he has to put us in an environment where we have that opportunity and that's where we are. And so when we pray, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I tell people all the time and everyone who is a member here at West Irwin could probably tell you exactly these two things. I've come to believe two things about God. I believe that God exists And I believe that I'm not him (laughs) and I think that that is exactly what we understand about uh, about God I think that's what we're supposed to recognize is that God is and he exists but I'm not him and that means that he knows more than I do and that means that uh, I am the one it's typical that the lesser person would ask things and pray for and give homage and worship to the greater, and that's what prayer is. It's we, the lesser, offering up our prayers and our thoughts and our needs and our desires and our praise to God the greater. Our ability to approach God is due entirely to the vicarious or substitutionary identification of our Lord with sin. Because Jesus came and lived and gave his life for us as a human being, even though the Son of God, it allows us to have the opportunity to go before the Lord in prayer and to uh, spend eternity with him in spite of our sins. And so the writer of Hebrews gets that and he says, we have boldness to enter the holy of holies, the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And that's that vicarious aspect. When we think about intercession, it's Jesus who has interceded for us. And so whenever we seek to offer intercessory prayer, when we pray for others, um, I think that it's important for us to do that in the name of Jesus, obviously, because of his sacrifice and his resurrection, but also because of his will, and that's what we want to be done. We have the idea that there are certain good and virtuous things in each of us that do not need to be based on the atonement of the cross of Christ. And and that's just not true. There's not a single one of us. Romans 3 states it clearly, all have sinned and come short of God's glory. And because of that, all are eligible, if you will, uh, to be saved by the blood of Christ and by trusting in him and responding in faith. Repenting of our sins, that means changing our lives, our direction, our path. Uh, Confessing that faith once we have believed in Jesus and being baptized into Christ. Romans is clear, and other places are as well, that we die to sin. We are buried with Christ through baptism into death. Baptism is what puts us in line with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And we're raised to live a new life, and it's that new life that we pray about. That new life in Christ that we pray about. We do not identify ourselves with God's interests and concerns for others, and we get irritated with him. We want him to act and do just like we want him to act and do. (laughs) And when that doesn't happen, then that's when we get a little bit irritated. But we are always ready with our own ideas, and our intercession becomes only the glorification of our own natural sympathies, Chambers writes. And I think there's some truth to that. As we pray for others, we pray for them based on how we see things and what we understand and how we uh, are empathetic and sympathize with them. And an eternal, all-wise, uh, just, and sovereign God, even though he is also merciful, of course, sees things from a little bit different perspective. And that's why he could tell his son no, his own son who prays that that cup of the cross would be taken away from him. And yet Jesus, as we said, prayed, not my will but yours be done. And so even the Son of God said, don't don't do this based on how I feel in my humanness right now, but do this based on your incomparable will. The identification of Jesus with sin and his humanity and in his death on the cross, means a radical change of all of our sympathies and interests. Vicarious intercession, Jesus interceding for us, means that we deliberately substitute God's interests in others for our natural sympathy with them. I think he uses a lot of big words in this chapter, and let me see if I can break it down so that I can understand it. Jesus died on the cross for us. Uh, He interceded for us in our behalf. And so because of that, now we get to intercede for others. We get to pray for them, and that's true of everybody. Not just true of the preacher, not just true of the priest or the pope or the elders or anybody else. Every single one of us comes to God in prayer through Jesus Christ because of his intercession for us on the cross. So now we need to see that as we go to the Father in behalf of others and ask ourselves the question, am I determined to have my own way or determined to be identified with Christ and with His will? I think that's a hard one for us to see. Sometimes we don't see clearly what God's will was and is until uh, hours or days or years down the line, and yet uh, we, that's what faith means. We trust in God. We trust in His will. And we pray for that will to be done uh, for others. And we pray for those that we love that they would bring their lives in line with what God's will is for them also. Remember, salvation is not our idea, it's God's idea. And because of that, it, it means more sometimes than what we think about. Sometimes we think that salvation just means our heavenly home. And that's a, that's a great part of that uh, salvation. But Romans 6, as we said, died to sin, buried with Christ through baptism into death, raised to live a new life. So that new life begins while we're drying off from the water after being baptized. That's when that new life starts. And, and a lot of our uh, salvation experience has to do with that. Not just going to heaven, which we want to do, and look forward to with great anticipation and hope. But at the same time, we're living the life of Christ now and we do that, Um, unfortunately, we don't do that well sometimes. We've all sinned and fall short of God's glory, but we do that in a way that honors God because we trust in Him and we try to do that faithfully, though not sinlessly. We preach the great thought of God Behind the experience of that salvation and not just that experience itself Again, we we want to we want to lead people to Jesus. That's what uh, Making disciples means we're disciples of Christ and in that great commission in Matthew 28 uh, Jesus said go into all the world and make disciples um, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you And I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. He calls on his disciples, his followers, to make disciples, people who follow him. Jesus himself had said, do you want to know what it means to be my disciple? You've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after me. Um, When we preach or teach, we're not simply proclaiming how people can be saved from hell and go to heaven. But we're also uh, conveying the good news about God, that he, he is with us here in this life. Romans 8 speaks a lot about the Holy Spirit of God and, and living a life that is more spiritual than carnal. Romans 7 was Paul's frustration with giving in to the temptations around him. And Romans 8 says, but Jesus Christ has set us free. And so now there's no more condemnation because our trust and our faith are in Christ." And along with that, He has given us His Holy Spirit to help us when we need help. One of the times, that is, is when we're praying. In fact, Paul puts it this way in Romans 8, starting in verse 26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with wordless groans, with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Vicarious intercession. We pray to God, and sometimes we don't even know what we should pray, and sometimes there's so much emotion attached to it that we can't even find the words. But the Holy Spirit who lives within us, that we get as a gift of God, according to Acts 2.38 and 2 Corinthians 1 and Ephesians 1 and passages like this one in Romans 8, that spirit listens to the wordless groans of our spirit, our, that eternal nature of ourselves that's more than just this carnal, physical, temporal body. The Holy Spirit listens to that spirit and takes those requests to the Father. It's a, it's a great and wonderful thing so don't put too much pressure on yourself as you pray. Know that, that God's Spirit is helping you. And you can pray that you would know the words. And I believe God will answer that prayer. But even if you don't know the words and can't find the words and you have this, this huge feeling of anxiousness and anxiety and maybe even fear and sometimes doubt in your heart, And in your mind, because of your concern for your own life or for some of those that you love, for his church. Paul said in all of his persecutions, the greatest uh, concern that he had was for the church. And that's, that's where his heart really was, and that's where our hearts are as well. And so we know that when we pray those prayers, even if we're not exactly sure what God's will is, we pray for that will to be done. And we know that the Holy Spirit is there uh, to help us. In the teachings of Jesus Christ, the element of judgment is always brought out. You can't say that Jesus was never concerned about judgment. can't say that Jesus was never concerned about right or wrong or the Father's will. We mentioned even in the garden when it meant giving up his life, he prayed for God's will to be done. And throughout his life, uh, he stressed that if you really loved him, you would be obedient to his commands there's a right and a wrong and and because we choose wrong uh, we needed a Savior we needed someone to intercede for us before the Father and that someone is Jesus Christ first uh, John 1 says that if anyone says they have sinned or they haven't sinned they're a liar and they're calling God a liar because God says we are and he sent his son to die for us because of that and so um, but if we uh, walk in the light, First John 1 says, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have that relationship horizontally with each other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that intercessory act of Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, purifies us from all of our sins. That's something that happens continually if we are seeking God's will. And that's something that happens for us even when we I may fall away and sin if we continue to stay on that path. doesn't mean that we're sinless because 1 John 1 says if we say that then we're lying. It just means that we're walking in the light and what that means I believe is that we're continuing to seek God's will sincerely, genuinely and seeking to do that will. And so we pray not my will but yours be done, And we recognize that that one who came to give his life on the cross also came to show us how to live. And so that judgment aspect of the life and teachings of Christ is out of the same love of God that his mercy and his grace is found. Um, we know that God is not to blame uh, for the bad things that happen in this world. We know that God wants what's best for us. And what's best for us is to live eternally with him. I tell you, one of the hardest things that I pray at times is when I'm worried about someone that I love dearly and I pray, dear God, just just bring things and people and events into their life that will bring them back to you. And that's a hard prayer. And I pray that for myself also. It's a hard prayer, but it relies on that intercession It relies on, it acknowledges the judgment, the right and wrong aspect, but it also is firmly trusting in the love of God that's seen through Jesus Christ. Uh, When the truth is preached and prayed, the Spirit of God brings each person face to face with God himself, and that's what prayer is. It's really our directing our hearts, our thoughts, to the throne of God, and through Jesus Christ, that's that vicarious intercession, through Jesus Christ we're able to do exactly that. Uh, every element of our own self-reliance must be put to death by the power of God. We trust in our, the one who died for us, uh, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The moment we recognize our complete weakness and our dependence upon him, Will be the very moment that the Spirit of God will exhibit his power and isn't that what Paul recognized in 2nd Corinthians 12 remember that thorn in the flesh whatever it was he prayed over and over and over again in 2nd Corinthians 12 he says he prayed over and over and over again that God would take that away he could be a much more effective minister Paul thought without that whatever it was and Jesus answered him and he said no the answer to your prayer is no it's not because you don't you lack faith, it's not because um, you're asking selfishly, but the answer is no, Paul, because I want you to rely on me rather than you. And Paul said, okay, that's good enough for me. I know that just as Jesus said, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Paul said, okay, I believe that because when I am weak, then I am strong. When our strength is found in our Lord rather than in ourselves, that's when we're really truly strong, and that's that love that God brings us, uh, based on that loving judging judgment of God, in His love and mercy and righteousness and holiness, and it's all it all comes about because Jesus loved us so much that He gave His life for us, uh, and so we seek to live according. Uh, to the will of God we seek to give him control of our lives and we seek to let the standard of Jesus his life his word his teachings his sacrifice uh, be what we seek in our own lives Paul said um, present your bodies as living sacrifices again we we look to that a heavenly home as our hope and our joy but for now we seek to offer ourselves the way Jesus offered himself not by our lives being taken unless that would be called for we pray that that wouldn't be but by giving our life to Christ and to his will even as we are very much alive uh, it takes God a long time uh, to get us to stop thinking that it all depends on us and turn it over to him. And so we seek to be patient with others just like Jesus has been patient with us. We seek God's will in our lives just like we seek God's will in the lives of others. And, um, and so as we pray, we pray for God's will to be done. We intercede for others the way Jesus interceded for us, not by giving our lives for them, of course, but by seeking God's blessing for them. And when we can't find the words, the Spirit helps us. The Spirit is there to help because we want more than anything else. We want for others to come to know Jesus. And that's the ultimate thing that we pray for. And however God could bring that about and give them every opportunity, it's still their choice, it's still my choice, it's still your choice whether to believe or not, whether to live faithfully or not, whether to trust in him or not, that's still our choice. But what we pray is that God would bring whatever it takes to give that person that we love, to give ourselves every opportunity to say yes to Jesus and notice to sin and notice to self and no to Satan. Again that's a hard prayer, it's a scary prayer. But it's the right prayer. And so we pray with Jesus, Father, may your will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I look forward to seeing you on Thursday. God bless.